0: A big number. And the Big Ten. Lots to talk about. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, thanking you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, of course, anywhere else. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends we cover women's basketball every single weekday. We've got a Saturday show on the WNBA Draft coming to you every week. It's just more women's basketball than you can get anywhere else from the incredible staff that works with me at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where you can see us all the time, over 100 reported pieces every single month, 24-7, 365 women's basketball. Subscribe for $9 a month or $72 a year. Help us build it. We know it needs to happen. We're doing it. We built the damn thing. Now come join us Let's make sure it stays and grows together. And speaking of growing, speaking of growing, I just, I need to give you this number. I need you to hear this number because it blows my mind. And obviously, I've built something here that involves believing that there is a big and growing audience for women's basketball. So I'm coming in with that as the understood. Okay, fine. The final for the FIBA Women's World Cup between USA Basketball and China was up 227%. And it averaged 446,000 viewers. 446,000 viewers. Just let that sink in for a minute. Okay, that's a big number for an international tournament, independent of anything else. It's a number that puts things like many of the WNBA playoff games, many major league soccer regular season and playoff games, NWSL matches in the rearview mirror. However, that's just the start of it. This was 446,000 people watching a game that began at 2 a.m. Eastern time on October 1st. 2 a.m. That is not prime time. That is not prime time in the central time zone where it's 1 a.m. In the mountain time zone where it was midnight or in the. Pacific Time Zone, where it was 11 p.m. Bay Area News Group and friend of the show, Alex Simon, will tell you that is a normal time to be watching. Yes, for Alex Simon, who is in our business. For most people, that's a crazy time to be watching. When you go back, when you look at the schedule, when you think about the FIBA Women's World Cup, which happened right on the heels of the WNBA Finals. It was built to be watched in Australia, not in the United States. us was not even time slots that would have made it easy. It just is astonishing. Four hundred and forty six thousand people, given every reason not to watch, were watching <coughs> excuse me Cheryl Reeve. And USA Basketball prevail. It's just a huge number. And so to be sitting here, there are some takeaways I have about why and what it tells us. Let's start here. I don't care what the WNBA or women's college basketball or the World Cup is up against, because there is an audience for it. An audience that is strong and growing, an audience that will show up. So as women's basketball writ large, thinks about how to schedule, there's a lot of hand wringing, oh my God, Sunday afternoon against the NFL. Oh, my God. How will they survive? Numbers did quite well in the WNBA finals. I don't think the 446 came because there were a whole bunch of NFL fans who didn't watch the NFL, decided to stay up to 2 in the morning. I mean, that's the start of it. Game ended after 4 Eastern time. After 4 a.m. Eastern time. Those folks were not transplanted NFL fans. There is an audience. It is a women's basketball audience. You serve your audience by making it easy to watch. You serve that audience by making it consistent. You serve that audience. I mean, listen, this is what we do at Locked On, your team every day, right? You serve your audience by making sure that they have access and no one how no one understand how to do it. And it takes me to my second point. This was not well promoted. This was not four hundred forty-six thousand people watching after being told for the lion's share of the WNBA playoffs that this was even happening. Now, full disclosure: I covered a lot of the games in person, so I wasn't watching. A lot of these games on TV, but I I did watch a lot of them on TV that I wasn't covering in person. If I saw a single ad. For the FIBA Women's World Cup featuring all the stars that are in the WNBA, so many of them. I don't remember it. Not one, not one. ESPN had the rights to both. This corporate synergy. 101 and i just would have to go back to the thing that people talk about a lot the audience for the 2015 women's world cup in soccer how did we get there how do we get to 26 million people watching that final with carly lloyd's hat trick how did we get to and this is my favorite number forget the 26 million million people watching China versus Brazil at 9.30 in the morning on a Tuesday in the preliminary round. 1.2 million. The audience is there. They just got to know how to get there. You just got to serve them. That's all you got to do. But you do that not just by putting it on, not just by advertising the game itself. Ancillary programming. There is no reason there shouldn't have been secondary programming about this set of matchups between the best basketball teams in the world. Asia Wilson brought this huge crowd of people out to Las Vegas to that parade. How are you going to see Asia Wilson? She's right there. She's on your networks. Tell people. Let them know. I so aggravating sometimes. It's these own goals, you know, forgive the return to soccer. You've got the FIBA World Cup. You've got an audience made up of people who are watching all the stars of the Women's World Cup directly in front of you for a month. and And you don't tell them. I'm picturing my head exploding. So it's very aggravating, but there is a pathway. There is a pathway to doing it. We've seen it on the men's side. There's some people who pretend, you know, the men's side, oh, we have these tried and true things we've done for decades. Women's side, oh, it must be a magic trick. We're going to have to figure out, we're going to have to reinvent the wheel. It's the same damn thing. You can do it with the same way, because it works. It we know it So I'm going to talk about lessons of the 2015 World Cup. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about prize picks, shall we? How does prize picks work? Well, you pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pitch projection, you can win up to 10 times of your money on any entry. It's not against other people. It's you against the projections. There's projections on any sport that you watch. NBA, NFL, MLB, significantly. WNBA, women's college basketball. It matters. It matters, right? It's not a magic trick. Same stuff. Entries to be made are 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and fast withdrawals. So download the PrizePits app or go to prizepits.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a ten a 100% instant deposit match on up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. That's all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. If you deposit 100, Price Pitch will give you 100. Don't forget, promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So, how do you do it? 2015, I remember sitting down for a lunch with Fox executives. They had just gotten the World Cup men's and women's from ESPN for the first time. There was a lot of doubt. Well, can Fox do what ESPN does? It was 2015. They couldn't prove it on the men's side until 2018. So, what did women's... Soccer turn into a test case. Okay, all right. Ideally, you do it for its own sake. Why not? Okay, we'll take the progress where we can get it. Right. So they pull out all the stops. I don't know if you remember this, but the lead-up: Alex Morgan's on American Idol. Abby Wambach is on The Simpsons. The Simpsons. You know, in animated form. This is what you do. You have all these different properties. You cross promote. I don't have to tell you. You've seen it. You're watching a baseball game and some stupid shows. And we canceled in a month. The stars in the crowd. Who knew? Woo. It's very basic. So forget on the WNBA playoffs. is the most obvious. But. And and people may not know this. ESPN is actually sports 24-7. And there are a lot of places where you could promote the FIBA Women's World Cup if you wanted to juice the numbers instead of having a pre-existing narrative. And, and I will be frank. I thought, I truly believed that was going to be a bad number. I thought we'd probably never see it. And the little graphic, you know. Most of us on the media side are used to it, and it keeps growing. WNVA will send out, oh, look at this. Numbers up X percent over this one last year. Keep coming. Keep happening. Audience is growing. I didn't think we were dead in that. So when that popped up in my inbox, 227%. That wasn't promotion. That wasn't Placement. That is like you're isolating all the other factors, pure growth number. That's what's happening to women's basketball over the last four years. We feel it. We see it. We understand it. Some people, you got to show them the proof is the indisputable proof. This is what Fox did. Fox had previews about every individual team. It wasn't just America. It was the world. And the audience was bought in. Do you know which ESPN network showed Lauren Jackson's 30 point outburst? ESPN plus. Lauren Jackson, one of the great stars in the history of the sport. Just uh, If you can't do it, thinking about it purely in women's sports terms, just try and picture it as a man. Let's say there's a man, an international star, who had to retire due to injury. And miraculously, six years later, comes back out of retirement. Finds, oh, he's playing some rec ball. It's working. So, geez, go and work out with the national team. Oh, wow. I'm able to play without pain, long shot effort to make the national team, makes the national team. Suddenly in an international tournament, every one of those games, you'd see, you'd cut into other programming for it. That's what you do. It's not what they did. Not what they did. So, when Lauren Jackson, we have a terrific piece by Scott Mimoser over at the next, next thenextsoups.com, scored 30 points in a bronze medal game. Not the only star, by the way, on Australia. Team with Beck Allen, Steph Talbot, coached by Sandy Rondello. Right? Going up against Canada, a team with stars of their own, T and Bridget Carlton. A lot of angles to promote this. But it was on ESPN plus. Shouldn't have been. But that's where you find it. This is Lauren Jackson after told us over at the next. I am a little bit blown away. We got the bronze medal and did it in front of our home crowd. This journey has been the most humbling and incredible journey of my life. It gives me an opportunity to play the sport I love in front of Australia again. To say goodbye this way, I could not have imagined it. It's a movie. That's a movie. One of the all-time greats comes out of retirement and manages to score 30 points to secure a medal for her country. How much imagination does it take to promote that? hmm? You even had put it on terrestrial TV, on broadcast TV, I should say. I can't even imagine what that number would have been. So it's time to stop pretending there's a magic trick and it's time to stop pretending that there isn't a huge and growing audience for women's basketball. But the good news is, apparently, no matter what you do, you don't promote it. But not at two in the morning, Eastern time, people are going to show up. <laughs> people are going to show up. So I can't wait to see, because this is big, you guys. And just to kind of wrap it up into the context that you need to have. You need to. NCAA women's basketball rights are coming up in 2024, WNBA 2025. There should be a lot of money put into these new deals. And we're going to talk a lot about that because that's going to dominate how the sport is shaped for the next, I would argue, decade, if not decades to come. A lot of decisions to be made. Money over exposure and how you put those two together. But if you're making a deal with the same folks, whatever the money is, there need to be time slots. There need to be guarantees. I don't much care who you're up against. You're going to make damn sure your fans know where and how to see the games. I never want to see a gold medal being buried on 2 a.m. again. Period. Period. Because there is an audience there. And I never want to see an international tournament without a single advertisement ever again. That is what has to change. I want to thank all of you for making Lockdown Women's Best. while well, you first listen every day. Now, make sure you check in to the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting October 10th, a six-episode extravaganza that gets you ready for the NBA season, um, which I understand is where the men play professional basketball. The local team experts and NBA insiders of the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey all combine into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Starting on October 10th, you just search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or whatever you get, your podcasts. Just real briefly, before we go, I want to touch on the Big Ten preseason, all Big Ten team. So Caitlin Clark is unanimous. She's preseason player of the year. Could be. It is just as a brief refresher. And our plan, by the way, because we're going to have her head coach, Lisa Bluder on the show soon to talk. But you got to remember that Caitlin Clark guarded the way she was guarded last year, shot 54.3% from the field, was a shade under 90% from the line, had an assist percentage, somehow of 43.3% best in the country. She didn't do it all. And yet, Look at the unanimous selections to that team. J.C. Sheldon, have you seen her on Ohio State? You're going to hear a lot about her on our WNBA draft shows. Grace Berger, maybe the most fundamentally sound player in the country at Indiana. I have been telling you about Grace Berger on this show since before we redid our format. That's how long... I've been telling you about Grace Berger. Monica Zanano, just your classic Iowa, high efficiency, big. So glad she's back. Taylor might sell. Wherever you're standing, anywhere in the world, Taylor might sell to hit a three from that spot. That's how good she is. And then again, what conference first team can live up to this conference second team? Mackenzie Holmes of Indiana, one of the great young bids in this league, in the country. Maryland's Diamond Miller, future lottery pick. A healthy Diamond Miller, God, knock on wood. Let's see it. Leah Brown, so smart. Such a heady player at Michigan. Alexis Markowski is driving the Nebraska return to prominence. And Penn State's McKenna Marissa, like again, a big 5'11 guard who can do a little bit of everything. My God, this conference is stacked. Michigan's your preseason five. Michigan. Maryland, you're four. These are second weekend potential teams. Indiana three, Ohio State two, and Iowa, who I never get tired of watching. Ever, ever, ever. Lisa Bluter's team's. Always sensational to watch. Preseason number one, but oh, man, a lot more about the Big Ten to come. But that came out, and I just had to talk to you about it. I am very excited. So, listen, thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. The great Jackie Powell will be your host. Our guest is Doug Feinberg of the Associated Press, who is in Australia. They'll be talking all things Feeble World Cup, along with the basketball season to come on the college side. Go ahead and make your second listen today. Locked on fantasy basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It is free and available wherever you get podcasts until tomorrow. I am Howard McDowell founder and editor of the next wishing all of you a wonderful women's basketball day. <laughs> You are locked on women's basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.